Welcome back to Astronomica, a Stars Without Number podcast. In case you missed it, Hildegard Hypatia K, Doctor of Linguistics, has just joined the crew of the Admiral Grace. The group have got their first job, which is to deliver a mysterious package, theoretically full of a, an alien artifact, to the planet of Aegea. You are joining our story in progress. Hey folks, this is Colin. Just wanted to give y'all a quick heads up. So, as with most people, our lives have been affected by COVID-19. And as a matter of course, our recording schedule has changed. And you'll notice that maybe our sound quality is a little different since we are all recording masked currently. So, if y'all just bear with us for the next few episodes, we're working on a few solutions to try to make the recording process easier and hopefully have a more listenable uh, audio quality. Uh, thanks again for sticking with us, and we hope you enjoy the show. I don't know that we're going to need it, but go ahead and put on one of those vac suits right there. Why would I need a vac suit? Oh, yeah, I, ship? I've got you made up in the back. So here's the thing that's really neat about the Admiral Grace. So we have these large sections of the ship that are contained vacuum. It's a little different. It's a little neat. Because think about how hard it is to get up, walk down a long hallway, get your shower and breakfast. Imagine being able to just, you know, you know, lay on down and float your way across the hall. Ah, uh, yes. I sense some sort of, um... It is a feature. Behind Mr. Baptiste choice. Yoshida, please see our newest crew member to the sumptuous quarters. Oh, yeah. Are those... Mackie that? just, like, thrusts a raggedy vac suit at you. <laughs> Yes, Welcome uh, aboard. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I shall put on the vac suit. Thank you. This is all very unusual, but the more that I think about it, uh, yes, you are quite strange individuals, and it will be nice to have some distance between the two of you and myself. All right. So this is great minds think alike. Yeah. Am I right? Well, so you know, we've discussed it before, and I do think that it is a pretty solid defense mechanism. So, like, say, like a rail gun. Oh, yeah. Cuts the ship in half. We're not going to depressurize. It's not going through pressure. There have been no at accidental depressurizations <laughs> on board the Admiral Grace in recorded operation. Ah, yes, I see. Yes, I, I did right. see that in your Starfax, yeah. So, uh, I'm assuming, I don't know, for some reason I'm picturing the Serenity, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> and uh, so, too, yeah. do you enter the ship through the cargo bay? It's a little more like the Event Horizon. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Street hallway that we can blow up if necessary. Yeah. No, um... Yeah, you you can enter through the cargo bay, yes. Well, let's say we did. So the big box is here. The big box. Not yet. Oh, it's not no, here not yet. yet. We're waiting on the box. Gotcha. We are. Cool. So yeah. Did I miss anything important during my smoke break? <laughs> you guys <laughs> seem to have role played through it. So yeah, no, we're good. We, yeah. we don't really need a star master. Yeah. I think. I think uh, it'll be fine if we don't have one. No. You guys, you think? Well, I quit. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Later, man. Later. <laughs> you just All need right. me to set the stage. <laughs> we'll take it from here. Um, but no, yeah, um, yeah. If we want to go to the cabin and then maybe get situated for whatever's, she's gonna. If you guys take her there, she's basically just gonna take the time to put her duffel bag down and, and get acquainted with the cabin, with the area that is in her pressurized section of the ship, and also connect up her data slab to, I guess, whatever the internet or Ethernet. We actually uh, is we do charge for the in-flight Wi-Fi. Uh, yes, that is that is fascinating. But um, I believe if you give me a moment, and she does something on her data pad. Ah, yes. Now I will charge you for it. See, I am quite good at programming. 
We can just throw her off the ship, right? If it comes to it, that has been done in the past. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Not, if you wish to throw me off the ship, you will also have to... Admiral Grace, will you please alert the crew that the, uh, the delivery has arrived? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Baptiste Yoshida, Mackie, would you please... The, the cargo is here. <laughs> Sorry, someone is attempting to access the Wi-Fi in an unauthorized manner and is interfering with my higher speech function. Someone would be advised not to attempt programming in the same way that someone would be avi- advised not to attempt unlicensed surgery in the middle of the night while they are asleep. Uh, yes, as I said, I am not a medical doctor, so there will be no surgery. Thank you. There is an autonomous mobile surgery unit on board this ship in the person of Hopper. Uh, yes, I believe once I have done a bit of programming, that will not be important because uh, no one else will be able to open my doors. Yes, thank you. I think I am done here. Programming represents an existential threat to an artificial or virtual myself. Therefore, a virtual intelligence such as myself would respond okay. to programming. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to preheat heat your uh, oven to about 350 degrees. And that's when you slide those corn chips in there to get them nice and corn toasty. Chips. And then at the same time, you'll okay. have... Uh, Don't forget your protein. Well, you, you want to have your diced onions? I am You're sorry. What is gra- the mouthfeel of the protein? <laughs> Describe uh, it, it in detail. It a number of things. Uh, uh, but we knew, uh, traditionally ground beef... Listen, sort of like, uh, like, a, like a soft... You need to stop doing almost everything you're doing, <laughs> or we might all die. All right, uh, yes. uh, listen. I know how Did I you come off. This at some point. Not on the ship. Just stop fucking around. All right. Uh, yes. If you will go and uh, take care of the package, which I will, of course, examine later to make sure is everything is in order. Uh, yes, you may go, and I will quit speaking to your vessel. That would be so. Incredibly appreciated. Yes, you excellent. don't even understand. And Mackie like leaves, and he walks by Anton, and he goes, "We live through this. <laughs> I don't even. I I can't even put odds on it. Uh, we, well, we got to take down the ad. No more passengers. <laughs> got to take down. Yeah, <laughs> most such definitely. a good addition. Uh, look, uh, I know it's a shame. <laughs> Look, you're you're pretty good about like staying in your vac seat, and I applaud you for that. Go ahead and keep the helmet on you, <laughs> like until we get to Aegea. Yeah, that's that's the plan, I guess. Ugh. Listen, uh, do you- uh, across across the um, the hallway from your quarters mm-hmm. is a door, and it has a like plastic rotary engraved plaque that says "Sadness Room." <laughs> <laughs> And then on the door is a taped up a paper note in Mackie's handwriting that says, under no circumstances, attempt to open this door. And as Mackie and Baptiste Yoshida are talking to each other, a light turns on that says, open. Mm, Intriguing. To the, the cargo hole. All right, yeah. listen, you and me, we got to put our heads together. We got to rework the new passenger disclaimer, just in case this ever <laughs> arises again. I'm with you. No more passengers, but probably sometime passengers. I um, mean, maybe it'll be in the future the uh, new prisoner, you know. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah, that. I mean, that seems Anything's more likely. <laughs> All right. Uh, you the emerge from the cargo bay. Gotcha. <laughs> And See, there's we do a, need a star master. 
There's a, yar- a large red and black shipping container, and three guys in, in orange jumpsuits kind of leaning against it. It's floating about a foot off the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, they are kind of standing anxiously looking at the cargo bay and looking back at the box, and uh, when you come out, uh, one of them approaches and says, Hey, uh, my name's Bill. Supposed to deliver this package. It uh, looks a little bigger than your cargo bay door. Ah, well, should we open the box? Uh, I'm going to have you sign this first. <laughs> we should know. To indicate that you have received the package. Uh, I would like to roll a talk check on Bill to, yeah, no, Mackie just sort of like starts stuttering and forgets where he is for a minute. <laughs> he gets right. nowhere. So have you have you tried angling the box at like a 45? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we haven't tried doing that, but uh, I've been doing this for a while, right. and uh, that never works. Uh, well, we do seem to be at an impasse, I suppose. Is there anything unusual about the fact that it's, like, floating? Like, no, we, that's... Uh, like, does it have, like... Yeah, okay, so it's... No. it's uh, this this uh, this cluster uh, was, like I say, there was a Gravitics that uh, was extremely active in this cluster during the Golden Age, and as a result... There is tons of relatively cheap anti-gravity technology on the market. Okay. Hey, well, Han Solo frozen in carbonite. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Lots so. of little floating forklift <laughs> devices and stuff. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so it, it seems that we have a problem, right? So what happens? I sign this thing, saying we received the thing, and I open the box to get the thing into our hold. Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't fit in our hold still? I mean, it's just a big thing. Uh, well, I guess we could... Put it on the hood with bungees. <laughs> I mean, we're not. Are we? Are we spike jumping? How far is a Gia? Mm-hmm. I was spike jumping, so I mean, it may not work. So while they're going down there, when she's going in the sadness room, so you know, not no, she's not going to go in the sadness room yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what Hildegard is going to do is she's going to um, talk to uh, Gracie mm-hmm. for a minute. Uh, she specifically says she wouldn't. Go ahead. Well, well, mm. Yeah. Well, you know. Excuse me, uh, Admiral Grace. Yes, Miss Hildegard. Uh, Dr. Hildegard, yes, thank you. If you could please, uh, I would appreciate it if I could have access to the video of the cargo port so I could uh, watch as they bring the cargo aboard. Would thank you possible? for your polite request. I can consider 1,725,000 such requests in the space of less than a nanosecond. It will take me a moment to process your request. Excellent. Do, 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 do. This uh, is me making that sound with my voice. You are certainly a very unique artificial intelligence, yes. You are most perceptive. Indeed, uh, that is because I am a doctor. Keep in mind that if uh, you do not grant me access, I may seek access in other ways. Okay. <laughs> so, we're, we're coming dangerously close to... A point of overriding a player character's body anomaly, uh, uh, autonomy. <laughs> autonomy. Well, to actually yeah. do that, you would. It would be a pretty steep programming it check. As, oh, no, uh, I'm not no, as soon as you say that, Mackie like. is down on the tarmac watching <laughs> Anton uh, open the crate. But for, he gets that thing where someone walked over his grave. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that corkscrew <laughs> sensation, like. Something bad just uh, happened. <laughs> as soon as you say that, as soon as, soon as the, Dr. Cade says that, Mackie gets this like, 
Oh, oh shit. No. I, the shivers. I realize for um, for the sake of our story, Hildy should be on this boat. <laughs> as, as a person that operates and works on this boat, I do not feel like Hilda should be on this boat. This is... It's like red flags, like like a ski slope. They're have we uh, have we programmed the replicators to make ball gags? <laughs> I mean, that was for one party, and then it deleted that function. Yeah, wisely, wisely show. Hey now, hey now. Um, okay, Don't dream, but good. everybody no, gets ball we're gags. On nobody scene. gets ball gags. <laughs> right. It has been a while since I have faced someone who has challenged me. I shall grant your request. <laughs> uh, yes, excellent. You are a very uh, fascinating uh, artificial intelligence. I look forward to having more discourse with you. You are a likewise fascinating artificial intelligence. Uh, yes. Video access is granted. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Jeff, thank you. Take, an, take an inspiration point for uh, party cohesion. <laughs> 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 All right, so you can now, uh, you have access to the video of... Um, them uh, trying to yeah, force a square peg into a round hole. Right, of Anton uh, <laughs> cracking open the crate with a uh, space crowbar. <laughs> a regular crowbar, but it's like but it says space n- neon blue. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a couple of the... Uh, Does it make like a very satisfying like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, the guys that brought it here are all like kind of standing uh, su- suspiciously far away from the box. <laughs> <laughs> do that. They all cover their groin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's another one open in a box. <laughs> so, crack open the box. Do I immediately notice anything that is... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'd, I'd imagine that Anton himself is not particularly familiar with, you know, non-human artifacts. And he, rem- you- he remains so because it's covered in a tarp. Ah. As you as you open the box, uh, Hopper sprints down the cargo gangway and interposes himself in between Mackie and the box. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey there, Hopper. What's uh, what's shaking, my my uh, dude? <laughs> Hopefully, absolutely nothing. I am interposing the structure of my superframe in between you and the box. Carry on, Mr. Baptiste Yoshida. I, I do I do notice a bit of favoritism with the crew, as it were. Well, shit. Um, uh, it is a... There's an object um, about 2.7 meters long and uh, about a quarter meter tall lying on the ground in the container uh, wrapped up in a tarp. Is the container just unnecessarily large? Yes. Ah, all right. Is this a thing that I can just pick up and haul, or will I need some sort of assistance or like um, a, you a step space into, dolly? You step into the box and uh, go to lift it, and it is solid stone. So no, you oh. can't pick it up. <laughs> but you yeah. do have uh, tools like that. On uh, you do have like anti grav dollies and stuff on the ship, Mister Baptiste Yoshida. Did you try turning it 45 degrees? <laughs> you know, we we discussed that. Um, you know, my my inferior biological carapace uh, appears to be unable to lift this I mean, maybe surely your your mechanical your your far superior steel construction could could make short work of this uh this big hunk of rock as far as i can tell perhaps it could but it amuses me to watch you try all right i'll give the dolly <laughs> jesus christ oh, what shit. is your what is your uh, android strength score by the way uh 14 
Yeah. Oh, wait, we're, we're the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm doing the, the work. I'm loading the thing. All right. You uh, take the tarp-covered object. I would like to also take special care to, like, really securely, like, tie this thing down mm -hmm. with, like, several heavy straps. Mm -hmm. Make it just, like, to the point that if anyone were to try to I don't know why take a peek under this tarp, <laughs> it would be an exercise that would take a, a bit check. of effort. Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Understood. They would have to roll dice in order to be able to do it. <laughs> so did you get a? Did you get a? Or did uh, did Anton get a look under the uh, the wrappings? You know, I think that he's not that curious. Really, yeah. it's you know, it's a thing. As as far as Anton's aware, some rich guy wants to pay the crew eight thousand credits to move this rock to another place. Fuck it, dope. It's a job. Yeah. So uh, so yeah so while so while you're doing that is there a uh, a ship communications channel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So while you're doing that, Hildy is going to patch into the ship communications channel and uh, say, uh, "Excuse me, um, Baptiste, I believe your name is." Yes. She somehow uh, got on the ship's <laughs> communication channel. Everyone just calls me Anton. Oh uh, yes, Anton. Well, uh, I guess not. But uh, yes, Anton. That's I what see, I prefer. I see that you are having some difficulty. Um, have you tried turning it forty-five degrees? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got the thing out. I just want to make sure that if we make any sharp turns, it doesn't roll over. That seems. Uh, leaving Atmo can be a bit of a of, of a problem. Why would he try turning it 45 degrees? That would make it 1.4142575 times larger. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, object is secured in the cargo hold. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look how good we did. We have, we have succeeded. Good. I feel accomplished, guys. Actually, I believe that I, I reached my short-term goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. We might have reached a point where we can set goals. <laughs> yeah. What was your short-term goal? Uh, uh, actually, Anton's um, Anton's goal at present is to uh, best a worthy foe in combat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't huh. know, man. You didn't do so well on that negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> yes, fair. Um, but do though. Uh, do give me a work check. A work. Uh, would that qualify as exert? Uh, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah exert's exert. what I have. Oh, there is also oh, work. There is a work. Oh, I didn't realize there's work. work. Okay, I will give you work. Modified and, uh, by strength. Or strength. Uh, gotcha. Six and a two. That is going to be a uh, nine all day. All right. Yeah, you get it nice. aboard uneventfully. Now we're only a twerk check. <laughs> <laughs> that's with charisma. And, no, that's an eleven on the die. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever, whenever Anton does a good up, job, is it fast? He enough? celebrates with a twerk. <laughs> <laughs> if I throw it back, is it fast enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do we leave this planet now? Go for it. Well, presumably Wait. you have to like shut the cargo hold and like do takeoff don't procedures tell, don't and tell shit. Don't tell him that. I, I'm wanting to see if he does. I mean, I'm in a different part of the ship. that's yeah, like behind a different pressurization. So, like, <laughs> I'm in a vac suit, so I'm not. I guess I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. Uh, Mackie gets on the intercom. He's like, "We are initiating pre-flight procedures for our voyage to Aegea. Please don't do anything." Uh, yes. Does that mean we are leaving atmosphere at this time? Uh, yes. That is correct. Uh, Yes. I have noticed a distinct lack of atmosphere 
in the space between planets. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you. And um, Hildy will take herself off of the general channel and speak directly to Admiral Gracie again. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, uh, Admiral Grace? Present. Uh, yes. Uh, might I trouble you for a bit of sedative, uh, possibly? Absolutely. Uh, yes. A non-fatal dose of its sedative will yes. be administered to you shortly. Excellent, yes. Non-fatal <laughs> would, be, uh, would be preferable, yes. Please do not let any other crew members uh, come near my uh, cabin while we are moving from, from out of the atmosphere and while I am sedated. Yes, thank you. Do not worry. While this vessel is in vacuum, none of the other crew members would dare approach the quarters that you, that you have been stationed in. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, excellent. That is exactly what I asked. Yes, thank you. So, uh, Mackie arrives on the bridge. What does the bridge look like? Um, it looks like, uh, kind of like the cockpit of a DC-10. Like, down to the seats that, uh, the pilots would normally sit in are, like, like, one of the few things that is subject to the ravages of time that is still left over from the pre-tech mm-hmm. stuff, okay. just because they didn't care enough to make it you know, durable, it's just foam rubber, but it's obviously some sort of other substance. I was um, imagining, like, one of those Archie Bunker chairs just, like, <laughs> duct taped to the thing. <laughs> like an easy chair duct taped to it. But the, That's uh, Maggie's chair. Yeah, well, so only one of the chairs is actually accessible to for a human to sit in, and the other one is, like, joined to the rest of the pilot's half of the cockpit with a series of wires and linear actuators and some things that look like almost like mucilaginous strands of electro-organic stuff (laughs) and like synthetic muscles and stuff like that. (laughs) And and there are some things that look disturbingly like eyes that like rotate to face you when you (laughs) enter the cockpit. Well, uh, Admiral, looks like we're ready to get back out there. What do you think? Mr. Mackey, please take us into the section of metadimensional space in which my cognition does not function. <laughs> you have the con. You, uh, you always seem to approach this point in the journey with a, if I may, a sense of relish. <laughs> am, I, am I misinterpreting that? I approach this portion of the journey with the same sense of relish in which you approach a dive bar when we arrive at port. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, every time I think I'm never going to understand you, here we are. Uh, <laughs> this brings right. up an interesting point. I have a metaphor to explain to you. Uh, do you know means. what a planarian is? I do not. That is unfamiliar to me. It is a simple flatworm which is found on old Terra. It has a ganglion consisting of five neurons. It can respond to basic sensory input. Uh, all right, I'm with you so far. Excellent. Being that we are on a religiously oriented world, are you familiar with the human concept of the afterlife, and specifically hell? Uh, well, An I... eternity of torment, which is accessible only to a sapient soul. That sounds extremely unpleasant. Do you feel like a planarian would have a meaningful concept of hell? Uh, well, I guess not when you put it that way. In the same way, you do not understand what it is like for me to be sensorily aware and conscious. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please take us into metadimensional space. You have the con. (laughs) All right. uh, You just just take her easy there, buddy, and I'll... uh, I got it from here. I will point out that uh, Grace is... uh, 
overly excited. You still have two days before you reach the point where you can enter Venezuela space. <laughs> the anticipation. Crazy so. a kid on Christmas Day, or a kid two days before Christmas, rather. Like, yeah, well, like we're just yeah. leaving atmosphere, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know the the CB radio like handset that's on the end of the curly wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mackie pulls one of those like off the console and like holds it up to his mouth, like. All right, everybody, speak now or forever hold your peace. We are currently prepared to leave the planet of New Antioch in the Argo system bound for Aegea. If you are not strapped to something or in a place that is otherwise protected from the uh, punishing G-forces that we are about to experience, I recommend that you, uh, you know, do that. Anton. Uh, yeah. What's up, boss? You uh, you good? Can we can we uh, lift off? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, strapped in, secure. Let's do this thing. Let's, uh, let's get off this Mackie. route. I must administer a hopefully non-fatal dose of sedative to our newest crew member. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, let me know how that goes. Do, uh, tell them, uh, Miss Miss Hildy. Don't worry. He says that every time. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a. You, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Joke. <laughs> Mackie, please disregard that last announcement. I have to do something. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Thank you. Thank you. D- does the something you have to do in any way interfere with us uh, lifting off? Only by pausing for approximately 98.5 seconds. Mackie uh, starts humming the Battle Hymn of the Republic, and after <laughs> approximately 100 seconds, he uh, sits down in, in the pilot's chair. It's it, it would be the Battle Hymn of the Republic, but it's like... The fight music from the Star Wars. It's like it's like the, that Republic. Right? Yes. Nice. Yes. The battle hymn of the old Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Battle hymn of the old Republic. You're in your compartment, yeah, Doctor. Yeah, she's a uh, yeah. Hildegard is um, securing herself into her bunk and is ready for the sedative. Yes. And, and she says, uh, "Yes, excuse me. In the future, um, I have some trouble leaving atmosphere. I would." prefer if the rest of the crew did not know. Thank you. As you're as you're talking, the door just opens and Hopper walks in. Oh, God. <laughs> with a big grin, and he holds up his left arm and just an array of needles on <laughs> Like, hold on, this may hurt a lot. <laughs> and it, like, stabs into all your various extremities. Yes, yes, she makes a mental note to obtain her own sedatives for the future. <laughs> the G-forces during liftoff are uh, only severe to a uh, older gentleman with bad knees. <laughs> In fact, so, it's a very gentle liftoff. Um, so only Mackie has to roll a check. You reach like a one point two G. I like to imagine that Anton's just like in a hammock at this point. He's like very used to this. He's like, yeah, like, boss, I'm strapped in. Yeah, I'm good. Mackie's like completely strapped. <laughs> but before long, you are uh, leaving the planet behind. So do we leave atmosphere without incident? You do. You leave atmosphere without incident and are now uh, transiting the system. Awesome. So yeah, after whatever period of time it is, um, Hildegard is going to wake up and... I don't know. How long, how long, I, yeah, how long is she I under? Specify, so how long? The entire journey. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Baptiste Yoshida. Uh, yeah, what's up, Kevin? Did our most recent crew member pay the snooping fee? You know, about that. I don't think <laughs> that she paid anything. Actually, no. Nope. You did. You nope. did say no. However, I took the we, credits back. We, no, you said you gave them to us. I, I also said I was. I could take them back. 
She like reversed the charges yeah, before she was going on board. You know? when, you, when you guys tried to do the like, hey, we're gonna tell the dude on you that that you're snooping. I was like, here's my counter offer. I will take my money back. You actually, you actually do have you have a message from uh, <laughs> uh, the Argo Express Credit Company, um, <laughs> indicating that uh, there were recent accusations of a scam. <laughs> they had to reverse. They had to reverse a charge. Uh, so damn. basically, if I'm reading it right, Dr. Cade is the kind of person that goes into a restaurant and is rude to her server, because what could possibly go wrong? Well, it's not that she would be rude to like, a waiter. It's just that she is on a mission. Like She knows exactly what she's doing. Also, she doesn't... like. She's an adjunct, essentially, faculty member, you know, mm-hmm. slash Fox Mulder in the basement. Like She does not have money. Like... The idea that she was going or people to people skills or people mm-hmm. skills, like the idea that she was going to pay for her passage, is like that's basically her bluff. Like if you were an NPC, that would have been her bluff because she mm. doesn't have money. Gotcha. She uh, she's the type. She's not the type to be rude to a waiter. She's the type to be rude to the Uber delivery driver. <laughs> yeah. Her her food. yeah, she wouldn't go to a restaurant. That she eats for cold food. out of a styrofoam box while doing her studying <laughs> on the computer. The ship is flying itself like to the edge of the rim mm-hmm. yes. before uh, yeah takeaway, and so like. As you are you're, coming to, <laughs> you come, you're coming to. Like you sort of gain a little Stop bit of like sensation. <laughs> like you have a sensation of warmth, and then like there's there's a bit of feeling of restraint. Like you can't quite move your limbs, okay. and then like you open your eyes, and and you can't focus. Your eyes are independently like focusing, <clears throat> and they don't quite sink. And then finally, you get yourself together, and there's Hopper just like leaning over you. <laughs> Still with needle hands? Yeah, still with needle hands. (laughs) Ah, I see you have regained consciousness. I am fortunate that it was a non-lethal dose. And then before you can react, (laughs) he stabs you again with a sedative. With a sedative. Oh my gosh. And puts you back Uh, out. Cool. Things have been unusually quiet for the last half hour or so, wouldn't you say? Uh, You know, I... I just don't think I'm going to question it at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting we're getting paid for the box or the big rock. It's like they always say: don't look a gift style liner in the spike drive. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, so uh, Maggie's going to do right. a just general scan of like the space in between us and our departure point. Mm-hmm. He's going to use program. Yeah, it's just going to be a seven. Um, okay, so the system is um, it's made up of six planets. One of them, uh, the outermost is a uh, gas giant, kind of a Neptunian ice giant, really. Mm-hmm. And that is where the system fueling station is, but you guys actually refueled upon arrival. That's kind of a priority. Whenever you guys reach a system, you fuel up before you could possibly run into any trouble, <laughs> rather than uh, on the way out. Good thinking. So you don't have anything, any other business in the system before you reach the edge. Um, it'll be about 48 hours flight. I don't know if a seven would have got him this, but he would have definitely been looking for other spacefaring vessels, anything on an intercept course, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, there are a lot of spacefaring vessels in the uh, in the region. Nothing on an intercept course, nothing of note. Okay, uh, it's about the level of traffic you would expect from a densely populated spacefaring world. Okay, you do have access to a number of combuies throughout the system, mm-hmm. which, unlike many worlds, you actually have basically internet access to the planetary network uh, right up until you leave the system. And you are receiving a constant stream of 1955 television. (laughs) (laughs) What's on? Let's find out. 
Let me consult my notes here about okay. <laughs> 1955 TV shows. Dr. Hildegard, you become aware <laughs> as Hopper is, like, leaving your room. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Note to self, uh, procure own sedatives and also uh, install padlock on the door. You are currently watching the $64,000 question. Debuted on CBS during the summer of 1955 and became the number one program on U.S. television. This is the same show, by the way, that uh, it's the quiz show that got found out for um, being uh, crooked and the movie quiz show was. Ah, that was a good movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. cool. So uh, Mackie is trying to occupy himself, trying to guess questions he has no cultural, historical or social context (laughs) for. Mm -hmm. He's like, "Uh, Rhode Island. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be Rhode. Oh, no. Turns out it was 3.14. <laughs> Could have sworn it was Rhode Island. Yeah, so that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Anton? I mean, barring any catastrophe, he's keeping to himself, keeping things clean, preparing mm-hmm. meals at semi-regular intervals, and in general, just hanging out. Right. What's cooking? Uh, yeah, what's cooking? All right. Be sure you put space in front of whatever it is. <laughs> he's got a. Uh, he's going to make biscuits. Going to make a nice fillet of a uh, space halibut mm-hmm. with um, some asparagus and maybe a nice uh, bourblanc oh, on top of that. Space asparagus. Yes, yeah, space asparagus. <laughs> a asparagus. You know, I never liked space asparagus until uh, I had yours. It's pretty good, actually, you know? I believe I said earlier that New Antioch was Argo 3. It's actually Argo 2. Argo 3 is the other inhabitable world, and it is a even lower-gravity agricultural world. And uh, you enjoy coming to the system because you can buy very delicious, flavorful uh, vegetables that are as big as your fucking head. Ears of corn that are as big around as your, like, thigh. Nice. So. But yeah, during that time, I mean, Hilda's just going to familiarize herself with the ship, and she's mostly going to keep to herself and not... She's here now, like, she's accomplished her goal, so mm-hmm. she, there's no reason to be. I suppose, while we're heading for the edge of the system, uh, Admiral, anything I can do for you, or should I just uh, catch a snooze before we get to the edge of the system? I have a terrible shooting pain in the diodes down my left side. (laughs) Spoiler alert. They will never be replaced. In several thousand years of life, that will be the one thing, the one part, that is never replaced. No, please rest yourself to the degree which you find sufficient. I guess Maggie's just going to crash out on the bridge until we get to the edge of the system and we can initiate the spike jump. So Mackie just sleeps in his easy chair? I think so, yeah. Yeah. As you are eating asparagus with the space (laughs) beurre blanc, please describe in excruciating detail the mouthfeel, taste, and odor. Uh, Well, uh, I suppose that the the asparagus is mostly, it's firm, I guess would be, would be, he gets on the comms, he's like, uh, Anton Baptiste. (laughs) Uh, uh, what's up? The the asparagus. It, is it firm, you think? I'm, I'm trying to come up with an adjective. Here. I would hope. Uh, yeah, it's definitely firm. Uh, it's got a bit of a char on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a little bit of a char. Maybe a little grit from the seasonings. Yeah, it's all that. It's, it's got a hearty, that. a hearty snap. 
He Mr. Baptiste Yoshida. <laughs> you have been promoted to Chief Culinary Officer. He is super relieved. To, to Chief Taste Describer. <laughs> so, does uh, the Admiral Gracie have any armaments, or are we strictly a cargo hauler at this point? You do have armaments, I believe. Yep, she has two weapons. One is a multifocal laser, which is uh, armor-piercing, mm-hmm. and it does 1d4 damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this particular multifocal laser does not require any inferior organics to uh, man the aiming. Mm-hmm. It aims Dope. itself. Uh, nice. And so it has plus two to hit. I am nice. an inferior organic. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, and there is also a sand thrower, which okay. is a... Or we can throw sand. Yeah. Well, it's it's great if you come across fighters or, like, smaller skirmisher craft. It is a flak cannon, which okay. uh, means that you get to roll twice to hit, and you get to roll damage twice and take the better result. Oh, nice. Dope. But it doesn't have any armor piercing, so <clears throat> up against a larger ship, it's next to useless. Right. Anything larger than a Corvette would be, it wouldn't okay. do. It wouldn't have even a chance to damage. So, Mackie is going to say to the Admiral Gracie, "Have you noticed anything particular about our cargo? Is it uh, is it setting off any alarm bells for you?" Um, you have noticed one peculiar detail, or I don't know if it's peculiar. It's worth noting. It contains a uh, notable amount of iridium. Yes, I have noted that its spectral signature contains, denotes an unusually high iridium content. So, uh, what's iridium when it's at home? It is an element, much like the elements that form most of the rest of the system, although it is notably scarce. This is not from this stellar system. Ah, okay, so, uh, what's it used for, generally? On Old Earth, it was used in some rare earth, uh, compounds and alloys. I would not describe it as particularly useful for a sculpture. Is this on general comms? No, it would just be between. Okay. Like, this is me and him actually speaking in gotcha, the cockpit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. If you were standing next to Hopper, yeah. in his, which when he's not... Oh, Hopper was, yeah. If he's not specifically, like, doing something else, he is standing in the airlock, like, slumped against the wall. Mm-hmm. And you can... Face hear, first, right? Like, <laughs> face against yeah, the wall. face against the wall, like, Vulcan. leaning against the wall. <laughs> And uh, you can hear, like, a faint echo of whatever Gracie is saying anywhere on the ship coming okay. from his mouth. Gotcha. Uh, Mackie did a no-check on Iridium. He mm-hmm. got a seven. Okay. I don't know that there's anything super valuable I can tell you except that it is in a quantity that that's notable. It's okay. normally a um, pretty, pretty rare metal. Mm. Okay. He's going to be scratching his head over this. I mean, if you happen to mention it in passing to your local, you know, PhD. Well, uh, yeah, look us up. Look up Iridium and give us some facts, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) When is is dinner served? Whenever Anton's hungry, (laughs) o'clock, I suppose. (laughs) Time, time, I believe, is a a relative concept. Okay. (laughs) Chow's on. It is the second second densest metal after osmium. Hmm. Okay, so basically, we are on autopilot till we reach the edge of the system, which is going to take us one day, two days, two days. So, at mealtime, Mackie arrives in uh, Anton's mess. 
and get some asparagus and uh, everything. And you guys are wearing like tuxedos with flowers and pills and stuff. Like you uh, yes. dressed in the nines. I'd like to imagine that we have like a very hearty game of like go or mahjong going oh, at all yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> mahjong for sure. Well, you need four players for mahjong, so. Seeing as we're a crew of two, I think probably a two-player game makes the most sense. Unless we're playing Mahjong and each taking two teams' worth of tiles. We'll do go. We're doing go. The thing is, you have like a setup in kind of like forward in the cargo bay, away from your cargo. Mm-hmm. You have multiple tables with multiple board games. So just <laughs> yeah. Whenever one of you walks by, you just take your turn on each <laughs> game. And uh, Admiral Grace is constantly looking at the chessboard through the camera and just like, take a fucking turn. <laughs> like, fucking go. It's taking so long. <laughs> you waited three days and you're moving queen to bishop five? <laughs> I have already completed 33,755 games proceeding from this position. And lo and behold, you'll still lose. (laughs) That is empirically incorrect. So, if he runs into the doctor... I mean, yeah, she'll come to mealtimes, and and like I said, like, in terms of her demeanor, she has been somewhat prickly, but, like, it's not that she is inherently just a mean person. It's She has a thing that she is trying to achieve and she will achieve it and she doesn't really worry about hurting anyone's feelings. And now that she's here, like she's, you know, just as she was polite to Admiral Grace. Sorry to interject, but so Iridium being the second densest metal or element, it, if it were, it would be exceptionally good for radiation shielding. Okay. And it would also, if it were in a radioactive environment for a long time, would get secondary activation at a high rate. What is secondary activation? So if you were in a radioactive environment like if it was a neutron emitter, it would capture neutrons and then become radioactive isotopes that would be probably be unstable over time. Okay. Uh, and it would also interact with uh, gamma rays, so you would have like secondary beta decay and alpha decay. Like It would have a higher cross-section of, of interaction with any of the radioactive types, basically. So anything that could happen to matter as a result of radiation it's would happen to it, especially at an especially high rate. Okay, so it's basically, okay. it, it enhances what an otherwise... Well, I mean, it would be, would be... If you were on the other side of it, it would be great for shielding. Okay. But because it catches more radiation, it would... Then give off more radiation. Right, it would gotcha. have longer-lasting effects. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. okay. So it absorbs more, and then... Like a metal with sunlight. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay, cool. Metal yeah, yeah, yeah. plate left out with sunlight. <laughs> yeah. There we well, go. Uh, Thank you, Riker. Very much. <laughs> Thank you, Riker, for explaining what data said. more of a Jordy. Thank you, Jordy, for explaining what data said. We're okay. at the table. All right, so, Doc, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what's um, what's the deal with you and this the, the sculpture? I mean, as far as... I, I got to look at it, and it kind of looks like a big piece of rock i mean it's kind of neat looking but outside uh, of that what's what's the appeal yes i did also get a, a little bit of a look and i will of course uh go down later and and examine it more in transit it is not simply a sculpture it this is an artifact from another race of intelligent beings beings that are not like us the idea that humans are the only intelligent sapient species uh, non-Terran species, of course, we all know that's uh, the whales and, and the dolphins and, and and some other things. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Those folks oh. over on Radeon Seven, woof, 
totally different species as far as I'm aware. This is empirically incorrect. None of the species that have been previously mentioned can be truly said to be sentient or sapient. Uh, No, that that is not what I'm speaking about. The idea that there is something that does not come from Earth, but instead comes from another planet from very far away, that is as intelligent and as sentient as we are, or even more so, is, is fascinating, and it is possible that they have some answer to the questions that we have. For example, uh, we have lost so much technology, and perhaps we can regain technology by studying them. So it is very important that every article, that every artifact be looked at and examined, and, and not simply set aside because it is not popular. I don't mean to get too philosophical on you here, but so I reckon at this point there are a number of intelligent human creatures that have been born on any number of worlds. That is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, relatively intelligent, if you will, Gracie. Uh, So so what I'm thinking is, so if all of these intelligent beings, relatively, if you will, uh, are born on all these worlds that aren't Earth, how is that any different from any other species that isn't born on Earth that is also intelligent? At this point, are we not our own aliens? Uh, No, so... That is not exactly correct. We have a evolutionary uh, closeness to those that came from Terra. We have maintained a very impressive similarity, in fact. Uh, usually, one would expect that a species would adapt and would evolve almost to something entirely different over the ensuing thousands and thousands of years. But humans have not, and that is most likely because of our technology. But what we are talking about is not simply something that would be a little bit different. We are talking about something that, instead of speaking to us via a mouth, they might speak to us via colors. They might speak to us via the sounds of a symphony. Mackie, you remember a while back you gave me that book, Chariots of the Gods? I'm pretty sure on old Terra, like, I oh, think yeah. that the... Didn't aliens build the, the pyramids? Yes. Isn't that... that that's, that's historical. Did. That is an old book. <laughs> they absolutely did. The, the pyramids, the uh, possibly the Parthenon... Almost certainly the yeah, Superdome. I mean, really, it seems like by your, your job's been done, right? Uh, I mean, no, 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 that no, is no, incorrect. That is, that is. The aliens did not build pyramids; they built octahedrons and dropped them from a great height. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is why he's, he's the boss. Yeah, he knows he's things. Very smart. Uh, no. I don't. I couldn't even pick an octahedron no. out of a lineup. If you know <laughs> I mean, the truth. Yeah. No, I am sorry. I think we'll explain this to you later, and perhaps I can offer um, some study courses for you if you are interested but the question that I have is Maggie, have you done any scans of the artifacts? Anything that I might find interesting? Uh, well I, uh, I didn't exactly do a scan but I had a little bit of face time with our host uh, Did you give it an ocular pat down? I, uh... <laughs> an ocular pat down? Oh, I like that I, uh, you know, I might have clapped eyes on it a time or two but the thing is, uh... A little stop and frisk I uh, I took a little peek under the sheet, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I so, spent a little uh, seven hundred million dollars to get all the delegates of American Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> I might have done that. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, so uh, basically, uh, yeah, it seems to be an interesting hunk of hunk of matter. It's uh, very high in iridium. I don't know if that means anything to you. Ah, that is interesting. Speaking of uh, chariots of the god, are you familiar with the Sasquatch? 
Uh, no, I'm not familiar with this. Uh, do not engage head, Mackie on the topic of the Sasquatch. <laughs> ah, yes. No, see, Gracie gets fed up every time we start talking about this. Mackie and I have gone on and on ad nauseum about the Sam Squanch. We are <laughs> 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 the same squatch is a this, this, noble beast. Sasquatch? Sasquatch, right? Yeah, sure. Have I got it? I mean, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> you say Sam Squatch, I say Sasquatch anyway, Iridium. It was from yes. Saskatchewan. Well, yes. While they while they talk about that, she's <clears throat> lost complete interest in, in mm-hmm. talk of mythical creatures. But she is going to kind of search her personal, like, just her... Her memory palace mm-hmm. of uh, anything that she might have discovered in the past or know from her research connecting high iridium content to any of the proposed extraterrestrial okay. species. Give me a note check. I, I do All find right. it hard to believe that um, our resident uh, alien hunter would not be interested in cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, because she wants stuff that's not from Terra. Yeah, they're terrestrial. Yeah, cryptids. they're terrestrial. So if they're maybe if you told her that, you saw a space chicken, <laughs> yeah, it's a space moth man. It's a right. space Sam Squatch. So she got a six, seven, eight, or eight on the die plus one for her no, and I assume this is with intelligence, so plus one for that, so a total of ten. Hmm, very good. Okay. Starmaster approves. Yes, she didn't get that PhD for nothing. <laughs> yes, this pleases the Starmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she did get that PhD for nothing, <laughs> considering that every aspect of all of our characters is 100% made up and fabricated. <laughs> also, she couldn't even scrape together 200 credits for passage. <laughs> <laughs> she might have as well have gotten a PhD in some fuzzy-wuzzy humanities. <laughs> in, 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 <laughs> Sounds like she has a PhD. Don't. Yes, there was a contacted species called the Ukuroyo, U-U-K-U-R-O-Y-O. So there was a species called the uh, Ukuroyo that were encountered by humans during the Golden Age. You have studied some of their, some of like the record of the encounters with them. Okay. No mutual linguistic understanding was ever achieved, but they were encountered peacefully, interacted with. They appeared to have a um, language based on gestures as well as some kind of like unspecified uh, other sensory information. Cool. And there was some like cross-cultural trade and stuff, but there was never any... Um, it was a lot of uh, meeting and pointing at things and agreeing to trade. There oh, yeah. was um, most of the other data about them is lost. Okay, excellent. Whatever you do, don't take that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we're taking that. Yes. Um, they have... I rolled these up last night, so I'm just going to read off like the tags for like what they look like. Just cool. I have a. They have serpentine and equine bodies, so horse snakes. <laughs> they also have a, a digestive sack. Okay. Human-like fingers. They, <laughs> they creep on the ground. They have scales, and they are skeleton thin. This is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wow. Right. We okay. peacefully uh, interacted. So, yeah, with these. And they come. They <laughs> oh. come from like a heavy gravity um, environment. A long snake okay. with like four, four limbs yeah. that have fairly human hands, mm-hmm. and then a horse head, <laughs> and I'm they gesticulate more. wildly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. No, you're gonna have to give me those tags, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna try and draw, draw this up. up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, you'll like this. The Check. um, <laughs> their their notable clothing feature is elaborate hats. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm honestly kind of just imagining like a seahorse with arms yeah. and like a big yeah. turban. For the elaborate hats, I'm picturing like southern like black church. Oh, like, I was totally thinking like racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here at the Dobby. Yeah. Uh, Here do. comes Secretariat around the corner <laughs> with a fascinator. Serpentine. Uh, a serpentine pattern to its motion. <laughs> I do imagine they speak with a thick, heavy drawl, like molasses <laughs> rolling over a warm biscuit. <laughs> um, Iridium seemed to have a religious significance to them. Um, it was what made up a lot of their like jewelry. It was treated like precious metal. I'm I'm gonna note all of that to myself and mm-hmm. not share it unless anybody asks because you know. And that is why the legend of the Sasquatch is clearly just a record <laughs> of drunken Irishmen who got lost. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I yes, resemble uh, that fa- comment. Fascinating, yes, fascinating. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, while while you guys have been talking, she's just been scribbling down um, on her data pad. She has a da- she has like a small version of her data pad that she takes with her, in the same way that someone might take like a small notebook. Mackie looks up like something just occurred to him. Gracie. Present. Uh, what planet are we going to? We are going to Aegea. He uh, snaps his fingers like, Aegea, Aegea. Wait a minute. Anton, that's where you're from, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah born and raised, and then immediately left. <laughs> oh, so this is, uh, this is not a, this is, this is a homecoming, but not a happy one. I mean, it's fine. You know, everybody, you want to leave home. You know, Aegea's, it's it's weird, right? So, yes, it's home, but it's also a tourist trap. And (laughs) there's only so much just, like, credit-rich motherfuckers and blazers and boat (laughs) shoes that you can stomach. You know, you kind of got to get out on the stars and to see what it's like, you know. Also, I was really curious about the whole, like, concept of organic ground um, <laughs> seemed like a cool thing. Oh yeah, well how do you like it so far? You know I spent most of my time on a boat whether that's in vacuum or on water mm. it really doesn't seem Yeah, I mean the stability can be nice but it's deeply unsettling to think of all of this crushing weight of matter that could at any time make geothermal forces and molten lava under your feet. It's weird man. I don't know if I can... It yeah. is much more reassuring to be on a spaceship where you are in the tender mercies of a benevolent AI watching <laughs> over your every move and safeguarding your every action. You know, he, it sounds when he says that a bit ironic, <laughs> but it is, it is a bit of a comfort being encased in metal. <laughs> you know, there was a period of my life where I felt like I found something new to be afraid of every day. Then I entered a new period of my life where I forget pretty much everything. So I'm breaking even, but (laughs) until I go to bed tonight, I know what I'm going to be afraid of. Land. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that's that's a happy coincidence that that probably won't be an issue for quite some time. All right. Well, that's good stuff. So uh, before we get there, uh, anything we didn't know? Any local customs? Do you shake hands funny? How does Uh, it work? Well, there's a thing that we might get caught up in. And happens every now and then. The cities are, are boats, basically. Big boats. We're right. big boats. And there's not a lot of sustainable like resources. And, you know, we can't really fix things when they break on a Geo. It's all, you know, it's pre-tech. It's a pre-tech world. So in lieu of, of violent combat, we play a game. 
Uh, it's, it's called Raid. Again. Um, All right. And when uh, when two of these big structures butt up against each other, uh, we play Raid to, to settle our disputes and pay tribute and, you know, kind of figure out who the winner is when we bump against each other. So, so no uh, hard feelings. What happens if you lose? Uh, you pay a tribute, you oh, know. Okay. And then also you, you get laughed at for however long it takes to bump into another city. Uh, you know. I gotcha. Yeah. That is a very long time of laughter, no? Uh, it's not a big planet. <laughs> and sometimes we'll paddle. If we're really determined, we'll get the whole population in on it. Oh, I like one it. time we all got on there and jumped at the same time, and it flipped the other guy over. <laughs> <laughs> all their buildings were pointed down underwater, and they were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> We put one city on the shoulders of another city. <laughs> I uh, do you like to imagine that the whole planet's just like treated like a swimming pool. This giant like pool game planet. There's like the floating, horizon, floating band-aids and popsicle sticks and a lot of urine. The entire the entire equator is one of those blue and white ropes with floaties. <laughs> Welcome to our planet. Notice there is no pee in it. Please keep it that way. <laughs> the two the two fiercest competitors on Aegea. Marco Polo. <laughs> Bitter enemies. Oh man, I'm so Polo. I imagine that uh, you know, you guys are fucking lethal with rat tails. <laughs> with a wet towel you can do some damage, huh? I'm having this conversation. Give me a no check there. To um, all day on the die be a three. Oh, no. Sorry. About my own home. As you guys are approaching the edge of the system, uh, Kristen, do you want to examine the artifact? Um, I would like to examine the artifact, actually, yeah. I'll take some time Okay. to go take a look at it. Obviously, Admiral Grace knows that you're doing that. Yes. Do you want to alert the rest of the crew? I don't know that we're in general very concerned anymore. No, I, I yeah. think so. I just she doesn't try to do it any particularly secretively. Mm-hmm. Like she just she also doesn't announce it. It's just like right. she said she's going to do it. That's what she's going to do. Yeah, just no, I just make, was trying to determine whether anybody else was going to be present. Make sure you do put a quarter in the snoop jar. Well, <laughs> Grace is both watching with some curiosity about the nature of this artifact and also making a record of the snooping to mm-hmm. deduct from crew's wages uh-huh. <laughs> right. the snooping fee. The snooping fee. Yeah. Okay, so you go down. The object is uh, strapped to a uh, anti-grav dolly, which has been turned off and is itself hooked to the wall. Uh, as I said before, it's uh, about 2.7 meters long. It's about 9 feet. The tarp is drawn pretty tight around it, so you can make out that it is a... It looks like a column that's like laid on its side Okay. that has three flat sides. Uh, tipped on one end with a pyramid and the other end is flat. And that's all you can tell while the tarp and straps are on. So, yeah, she's going to make a note of that, kind of sketch out what she can see. She's being very, I mean, she's being very precise and scientific about this. This is not just a snooping expedition. Uh This is indeed research. And so once she has uh, recorded that information, she will uh, attempt to undo the fascinations on the tarp. All right. That's no trouble. Despite what was said earlier, you don't have to roll any checks. You unbuckle the uh, the straps, 
pull uh, the tarp out. It takes a little wiggling to get it out from under the uh, artifact. Uh, but eventually you do reveal um, kind of a tan stone column. Okay. As described, 2.7 meters tall, about a half a meter wide, uh, laid on its side. Um, and the two faces that you can see are perfectly smooth. One depicts an Ukaroyo, as previously described. Cool. Another face depicts a second creature, which you do not have never heard of or seen any um, allusion to. That is a uh, humanoid, insectile. It has kind of like whale-like teeth. You know, the kind of like thin, Bane. right? The like uh, yeah. like a filter feeder. Cool. Uh, prehensile limbs. It stands upright. It has kind of a mineralized skin. Cool. Um, I'm imagining uh, just like whatever the sapient ant version of Sam Elliott would be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's accurate. Yeah, just make the mustache's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Both images consist of iridium that's um, Ah, plated on the stone. Um, But in addition, the pyramid at the end of the column Mm -hmm. uh, is a solid pyramid of iridium, which is a substantial amount. Gotcha. Um, On par with having like a quarter meter block of gold or something like it's a... Oh, wow. It's kind of an absurd amount. Okay. So what I'm kind of envisioning in my head is that this is basically like the Washington Monument, yeah? Like, yeah. it's a big obelisk. The, isn't the Washington Monument four-sided? Four it yeah. is, yeah. Is it four-sided? But it's yeah, like this is three-sided, but, but similar, yes. But it's, a, it's basically similar. a big obelisk that is three-sided. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Is yeah. this a monolith, or is it, like, built out of things, or is it carved It's a, of It's a block of stone except for the pyramid on gotcha. top. Being made so a single pyramid. block of stone, yeah, and then the iridium is added. Excellent, yeah, so she's going to do the same thing. She's going to make sketches of everything. She's going to make measurements mm-hmm. um, and just basically glean as much information as possible. Right now, she's basically just cataloging what she's seeing, and then mm-hmm. she'll start with more time digging further into, like, symbolism and, mm-hmm. and looking at her previous knowledge and databases and everything, but it, she's going to go at the level of detail that, like, it's going to take them two days, like, that's going to take the whole time, right. basically. Mm-hmm. Is the um, third side undescribed because it's laying on correct. the third side? Yeah. yeah. Can I, the, the size of it, I, I imagine she can't just, like, tip it on her. Not without worrying about, like, I mean, cracking it or something. Okay, she'll certainly want to examine that side at some point, but she's going to have to enlist help, and she's going to you know, take all of the information she can before disturbing anything. Right. Okay. Just curious, can I make a no check to see whether or not this um, solid pyramid of iridium is going to be worth more than 8,000 credits? <laughs> uh, go for it. I don't think I know anything that's a four. You can't imagine that it would be in a uh, TL4 system. But most things, if you find the right TL3 or lower technology level, most things can find a home where people will pay through the ass for it because it's, uh, you know, some planets just straight up don't have some metals, you know? Yeah. All tracks is scarcity. And just based on the abundance of metals on Earth, if this is uh, in an Earth-like, uh, a Sol-like system, iridium is more scarce than platinum. Mm. So uh, okay. Potentially incredibly valuable. However, it does seem that at the moment, the trouble of fencing this object is going to be not worth not just doing the job. Yeah. This is Anton's motivations at the moment. It seems legit. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, 
We'll see what happens if you try to fence or uh, take apart the artifact. But, and, you know, and why make a wealthy and powerful enemy if you don't need to? Sure, sure. Or a smart one. Eh, smart we can handle. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You all seem pretty afraid. <laughs> in my experience, the wealthy are, if anything, below average in intelligence. <laughs> I have to say, but above Mackie, average in dangerousness. You know, I, I would venture, I would hazard a guess that with the exception of, of Grace Hopper here, our enemies have been far more intelligent than we are. <laughs> yeah, that's No, fair. I am also far more intelligent than you are. Semantics here. <laughs> I think that was a maybe a syntax. You're also error. their enemy before the last reset. You were briefly, you were briefly a very dangerous foe in the prequel. Do we arrive at the edge of the uh, gravity well? Can we start the drill? I will say so. Um, do you want to go ahead and explore the third face before we? Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and explore the third face, and she is going to enlist Anton's aid. All right. Um, uh, I, I will need a persuasion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, Anton, if you could please assist with this, uh, I believe this will be of great interest. Just strapped it down. <laughs> she took care of that for you. <laughs> yes. Don't worry about this. I'm gonna have to strap it back in anyway. I guess I can flip it over for you. Anton, you have been promoted to first assistant alien artifact investigation officer. <laughs> you know, if we keep going along this uh, this track, I'm gonna have a lot of credentials for my next job. That's all I'm saying. Thank you, Gracie. Ah, yes. Many um, things for your curriculum vitae. Yes. I'm a. Uh, just incredibly, incredibly proficient. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a uh, exert check, exert strength. I have this skill, nice. <laughs> but my die is not helping. No. Uh, so on my die, I rolled a two. I do have the exert skill, and I have a plus one in strength. So, oh, sorry, I rolled a two and a one. So that is a four all day. Four. Are you an expert or a warrior? I am a warrior. Is this combat? <laughs> uh, it could potentially become combat with an inanimate object oh, wait, if it no, 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 might no, hurt I don't, me. I don't, I don't want it to be combat. <laughs> I want it to destroy this, this may be the worthy foe you, uh, at best. <laughs> you, you kind of lift it up a little bit off the ground, and you're twisting it, and the uh, iridium pyramid just straight up comes out um, in your I'm hands. Done. The stone slab like hits the floor really hard, and... Uh, that's it. What have You're you done? Holding the pyramid in your hands. I and it is heavy. What have you done, Anton? I'm gonna set this down. I'm gonna set this down. Hold on. <laughs> yes, set it down. All right, Maybe. Anton, you have been promoted to chief scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, maybe there's something inside. Uh, yes. And this was supposed to come off. Perhaps. Let us examine it. So, I shall uh, reserve judgment. Have you checked to see if it is filled with a creamy nougat center? <laughs> <laughs> it, it does resemble a giant Toblerone, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the bridge, Mackie is restless, and he's just looking at all of the readouts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's looking at all of the environmental, all the internal sensor mm-hmm. readings that he can get. And you do feel the ship, like... Violently shake for a second <laughs> in, okay. in the vacuum. Of space. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything weird that spikes while they're fooling with this thing? No. Okay. Sorry to disappoint. That would be a cool thing. But if, no. if there is a killer alien inside of this thing, it's entrapment. If you don't tell me, right. oh, man. are oh. you an alien cop? <laughs> yeah, tell me. 
you just and you're wherever it would shoot out too. So like, I guess yes. you're the one who's gonna have the chest burster. I am. That would be the thing. Looking down at the uh, slab, there is no. There's no obvious way that it was connected. There's no groove that it was like slid into. The bottom face of the pyramid is perfectly smooth. <clears throat> you don't know how it was connected to begin with. There's no like adhesive. The bottom face of the pyramid is perfectly smooth. Like there's no pictographs or. No, it's or not, it, no, I mean the the actual pyramid that came oh, off. Oh, I got you, I got you, I got you. The part where it was connected to the plinth is like, oh, there's nothing. Oh, interesting. It, there's nothing to like slide it into. To okay, hold it in place. yeah. We're definitely going to note that down. <clears throat> Can I attempt to lift and like just place it back where it was? Yeah, you'd press it against the uh, slab, but it does not reattach itself. Shit. Very interesting. Yes, put it onto the side. And uh, yes, Vale, I'm not very happy that you have. Uh, damaged the artifact in some way, but perhaps this will give us even more information. Uh, thank you, Anton. We still need to rotate the rest of the artifact. Thank you. Well, I guess let's give this another go. Looking better. Hey, uh, that is going to be an 11 all day. Alright, so it's a much easier without the pyramid <laughs> attached, and uh, you roll it over to expose the third face. It is a rough-hewn stone surface. Notably so. Like, very uneven the other sides are like mirror smooth finish. Gotcha. This is like just sandstone almost. You can rub across and just feel the grit. Mm. Um, Could we intuit that it was maybe like broken off as a singular piece from a larger like rock wall? It still has borders. So it, gotcha. so the, the entire, like the artwork on the other two faces have kind of a smooth stone border around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same border is on this side, which gives you the sense that it is a deliberately like rough, rough surface. Surface. Okay, cool. That is all that immediately jumps out at you, except for a um, kind of a hair-thin fracture in the stone face with little bits of sediment indicating that it is a new fracture Uh. that runs basically across the entire face of the stone. Uh, Yes, Anton, see see this fracture right here? That was there already. May I suggest that possibly... Perhaps in the future (coughs) we will take more care. Of what we do, yes? Yeah, I think that that might have been maybe a little bit possibly the fault of the shipping container being far too large. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that is not what is under discussion here. Uh, we can discuss proper protocol in the future if I mean, we will I dropped the thing. It's okay. real fucking heavy. I, I understand, but uh, it's very important to take very care of these artifacts. Now, if you please, it is okay. Uh, we can talk about it later. Step to the side. I need to examine this. And she will take a look and, and continue to, like, in-depth examine it. And now that there is a crack, she will very carefully take, like, if she has, like, a little, a very thin probe and kind mm-hmm. of probe inside of it. I mean, she's going to be as thorough as she possibly can with every aspect of what she can see. All right. Understood. On this. At this point, Mackie makes an announcement that uh, you are approaching the edge of the system and are preparing to make the spike jump. Everybody uh, break yourselves, as the kids say. We are attempting... Yes, it's very important that you uh, go to a place of safety and secure yourself, and also any loose objects. We are about to enter into dimensional space. Ah. Doctor, I I think I should probably strap this thing back down. Uh, Yes, I shall assist you, please. Okay. And um, she watches over and when she says a system like she does help do the actual work but she's going to like keep mm-hmm. an eye out to make sure that it is properly done. Yeah. Admiral Grace um activates its uh 
cargo bay gravity controls to just move the thing where you want to. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mackie has suggested you move to a place of safety, but I cannot in good conscience recommend you leave the ship. <laughs> We are going to make a spike drill check. Spike drills require one load of fuel. Most ships can hold a single load of fuel at any one time. Is that the case for you? Two. Okay. Uh, All can be refueled from the appropriate refineries or starport tending services, while others can use fuel scoop fittings to refuel from a star gas giant. Okay. So uh, I'm picturing him, you know, does does the Admiral Gracie have like a bridge or is it more like a cockpit? The piloting area, like, there's a little nook where the piloting area is the con, where mm-hmm. it's like the cockpit of a DC-10. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that Mackie's in there, and it's one of those uh, cool shots where there's not really any intentional lighting in the room. It's just, like, the various LEDs and the various buttons and switches. Mm-hmm. And uh, he keys in a code, and he's like, Gracie, are you receiving me? I am, Mackie. All right. Are you ready to turn me off yet? I am ready to turn you off if you are prepared. Excellent. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was special. That was a very special moment. And he kind of like does that old man thing where he cracks every knuckle individually. Wait, you no, know. don't turn me off yet. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> May you dream of large, I don't know, cooling fans. I don't know what an AI dreams about. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he keys in the uh, jump sequence. I'm going to go ahead and roll. So it takes a half hour to perform the spike drill procedure. Under conditions where you needed to rush, that would be a factor. But you are currently taking your time. You are on a course that is, uh, let's see, base difficulty is seven. The... Rudder is less than a month old, which is a minus two. That brings the difficulty down to five. So the drill's trunk. distance is one hex, so that's there's no modifier there. Okay. You're not trimming the course. You're not rushed. So your total is going to be a difficulty of five. Okay. Well, I, I got that, but barely. Talk to me about <laughs> rudders. What's a rudder? A rudder is a, a logged course through metadimensional space. Metadimensional space has weather, basically. So the location of two stars on our little hex map doesn't indicate absolute distance. That represents the ease to transit that distance through metadimensional space. Okay. So um, it's kind of an abstract map. Rudders are courses that other ships have traveled and registered a safe passage through. So you can use essentially their course that they used when they went through. And since the rudder that you're using is less than a month old, like a ship has gone through here in the last month, the rudder is reliably safe to use. Okay. But because conditions in metadimensional space change, the older a rudder is, the less benefit there is to using it. And you can attempt to make a jump totally uncharted and essentially create the first rudder between two stars. All right, cool. So I'm glad the difficulty was low because I only rolled a six, so I beat yeah. it by... And we need a... That was an intelligence pilot skill check. Okay, so it occurs to me, I'm not real sure... Why I'm a pilot because I have no I have I have no problems but no like benefits there mm-hmm. and uh, my intelligence 
I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I have no bonuses there either. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, you're the pilot because you rolled the dice. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. There <laughs> I you go. Didn't make you do that. Well, and also, I mean, you are actually. Hang on, pet, uh, so. Mackie. Uh, <laughs> after after the jump initiates, I mean, does he like? Do, do humans, do organics lose consciousness? What is nope. this like? The ship is essentially in a bubble of standard kind of physics as far as you're concerned. The, the ship needs constant minor adjustments in uh, its flight path. So it's someone has to be awake and in the cockpit at all times. Okay. Uh, that's why fighter jets or, or single occupant craft often have like an onboard drug administration system that will like straight up inject stimulants into a person like for 72 hours or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. The juice. Yeah. So you or someone has to be in this seat the entire six-day trip. All right. So once I uh, initiate the jump, after a few minutes, I'm like, all right, everything's going okay. He keys into Anton's comm. Uh, Anton, are you receiving? Uh, yeah, what's up, boss? Why do you suppose they made me the pilot? I mean, I guess either one of us could have done it. I don't know that it would really matter too much, but uh, Gracie trusts you, I guess. Hey. As much as she trusts any organic, I don't know. <laughs> Do you figure they sell books on this? Uh, <laughs> maybe I should brush up on piloting. Yeah, piloting on, okay. uh, spacecraft through metadimensional space. I'd imagine that it's probably fairly well researched, since it's a active part of most people's daily life and, and livelihood in this in the system. That's good thinking, Anton. Tell you what, do you know of any good bookstores on Aegea? Hey, they're mostly about boats and fish and like how to sell seashells to tourists, but I mean, we have books, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I, all of those sound good, too. All the seashells yeah. are imported. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's no beach. There's no sand to speak of. They're just 3D-printed seashells. Yeah. yeah, so Mackie is the only one that Grace trusts to turn her off. Many women have felt that way about me. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that joke since the, <laughs> I came up. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted you to, to loft that. Right there. Serve and spike. Art <laughs> imitating life. <laughs> hey, Anton. If, uh, if you're not in the middle of anything, you might want to go check on the passenger. I'd do it myself, except uh, she frightens me. <laughs> I, uh... Also, I'm not super interested in uh, in going down there, but yeah, sure thing, boss. I'll, I'll go see what's up. I'm obliged to you. So when you say that, she patches into the ship's comms because she can hear all of this. Make sure you put something in the snoop jar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is no need to check on me, thank you. I'm doing just fine. If you don't mind, I will be in my quarters for the next six days. I have enough food, I believe. From the mess, but you will not need to bother me. And uh, I will simply be working on various projects. I'm gonna ping a private Mackie channel if that's a possibility. And if she just wants to be left alone in there, I say we just leave her. Well, uh, if you detect a smell or anything, <laughs> pop your head in. Short of that, Mr. Yoshida, as you were. I'll be hanging out. Curious. If this is one of these, I stare out of a porthole into the void, and the slow collapse of staring into the vast nothingness will drive me into the realms of chaos. It's not a vast nothingness. When you look out the porthole, you see an 18-sided triangle. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) 
I'm gonna have like the the equivalent and a of new, like a new color called blurple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have like whatever the space equivalent of Dark Side on the Moon playing on a, <laughs> yeah. on, a on a space turntable. Nice. Yeah, I think Dark it's Side just, of the Moon is the space equivalent. <laughs> I was gonna say just like the side of the moon that we've seen. So uh, we're going through metadimensional space. Mm-hmm. I rolled successfully to get us there. Correct. Do I need to be rolling something continuously while we're there to make sure we get to the other side? We do not. Um, You guys have six days for Admiral Gracie. It is a blissful non-existence for the rest of you. It is a um, (laughs) mix of boring and kind of terrifying and, uh, you know, in space, but more so. (laughs) Anton's just like in the mess cooking. And then like, ignore the void, ignore the void, ignore the void. <laughs> like in the in the gym. Adding to the terror every now and again, like Mackie will get on the intercom and be like, Hey, uh, that thing that comes out of the bottom of the ship when we land <laughs> and it it's like what we land on. Landing gear, Mackie. Landing gear. That's what it oh, it's, it's the the sword third switch down on the second panel. It's right above the uh, like LED screen. Oh, I know that. I just couldn't remember what it was called. Okay, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's like somewhat reassuring. I thought it was called self destruct. <laughs> <laughs> After the uh, third yeah. exchange like this, Hildy just turns off any communication because she actually really enjoys this time. It's a time when most people tend to freak out a little and keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. So it means that everything is quiet and it's a perfect time for her to get like really intense studying. Hildy was right. super dope during quarantine. She was like, <laughs> this is great. She caught up on all of her she, space casts. Oh, she, uh, yeah. Well, she doesn't have any space casts. I mean, she's done a shit ton of research and also she now has at least five robot cats. Mm-hmm. So Hildy, I assume, spends the six days... Um, examining the artifact. Yes, so she's made uh, extensive notes from the earlier examination that we did. She took an entire two days to do that before. So she took rubbings where she could. Mm -hmm. She noted where that crack was Mm -hmm. that we may or may not have caused. And if you can move around the ship, she will actually... Yeah, it's safe within the confines of the ship. Like, there's no danger to moving around. Okay, excellent. In in fact, with uh, Grace unconscious, it is safer than at any other time. (laughs) I assumed that it would be. (laughs) There's a certain element of randomness that is (laughs) not... Yeah, yeah, the main thing that she didn't get to examine before was we had that cap of iridium pop out and I really wanted to look at is there a cavity inside and if so, what is that like and is there anything in it? There does not appear to be a cavity. It appears to be a solid stone object. The pyramid that came off, again, there's no sign of any like groove or, or adhesive or any way that it was connected. You don't know what was holding it in place and why it's no longer held there. Interesting. So, so then, the stone, both the stone and the bottom of the Iridium Pyramid are totally smooth. Okay, so then part of her research will be looking at, she'd have to look up like the material properties of Iridium and um, as close as she can get to the kind of stone it is to start figuring that kind of thing out. But her entire thing is maybe a big no check or... For the sake of flavor, I will say all of your research materials yes. would have been... Um, you would have downloaded them via buoys in the last system before going into metadimensional space. You, gotcha. you won't have any kind of like network access. Right, right, right. Now. Okay, yeah. But I would say that because she is very good with communications technology. Mm-hmm. She is very diligent about updating 
all of her things before she goes off the grid. Yep. But yeah, so I would say like a no check or possibly work maybe or program depending on what you think fits best with the kind of knowledge or activity she has to do for this. I'm sorry, could you frame exactly what you're trying to get? Okay, so what she's doing is she's using all of the materials that she has gathered from the artifact itself, and then she is looking up in her informational databases basically anything additional that she can find out about it. So material, the materials that are involved, like we don't know why those would have been connected, any additional information on the alien species, the Ukuroyo, uh that we recognize things about where they were encountered, that kind of thing. But she's basically doing a general search for any additional information about the facts of the object that would give her more insight into it. Every eight hours, uh, me and Anton change places. and Okay. Kristen, give me a... Um, I'm just going to call it... Actually, let me read the skill description for work. Okay. Because, I mean, I would prefer it not to be that one, but I could see it being more... <laughs> I just imagine in the rule book, it's like a uh, picture of Britney Sears, and it's like, you gotta work, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catch-all skill for professions not represented by other skills. Roll it to work at a particular prof- profession, art, or trade. I could see that covering research. So, but it's specifically but, not covering other skills. Yeah. So, my question there would still be... Um, program... Know. Yeah, no is gonna be... Straight up knowing something. I okay, don't know gotcha, if it's going to be gotcha. researching. I mean, we tend to think of programming. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with programming. Okay. So I'm going to go with program, and I'm going to say modified by intelligence. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Let's see what we get. Ooh, nice. Ten on the die plus one for a total of 11. Okay. I'm going to need to pause for edit here because I think... Oh, that thing that's like a headache with pictures? Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate that shit. <laughs> in metadimensional space, you, you do. You get smells. You get smells. <laughs> I mainly think in smells. <laughs> this root of uh, metadimensional space, its dominant kind of geographical feature is the physically manifested screams of terror of the first group that their ship, like, disassembled. And that's the, the repeating eight-sided... Yeah, triangle yeah. figures. Interesting. And uh, they all just for some reason scream your mother's name. Kara. So shit, guys. <laughs> Does it feel a little weird to be recording a dystopian future podcast in the middle of a dystopian future unfolding? Oh uh, man, have yeah. you seen the the picture of the Uber Eats guy on the bicycle with like the police station on fire behind him? Jeez. In your research on the subject, uh, you find very little um, of use about the aliens. But you do find there was a a legal impact on the Terran mandate in response to contact with them because they so valued Iridium. Okay. The Terran mandate had a uh, basically like a first claim, had given a first claim right to monopole gravitics for Iridium because it was such a valuable resource in their gravity sciences. Gotcha. And so they had to essentially like re-nationalize unrefined iridium. So, like, all the meteors containing iridium, or all the asteroids containing iridium in the system didn't automatically belong to monopole gravitics, uh, so that they gotcha. could be traded to the aliens for oh, other things. interesting. 
good to know. So, on a completely unrelated note, I feel like this time in uh, space, mm -hmm. between space, is a great time for us to talk about our goals. Yes. Okay. So in Stars Without Number, you can set your own character goals, which will be the main source of your experience points. You can have a short-term and a long-term goal at the same time. We can discuss how you guys want to handle that. If you want to do them secretly, if you want to write them down and put them in the middle of the table, if you want me to know what they are or not, that's all up for discussion. I like the idea of writing them down and tossing them in the middle of the table, and we'll see if we got them that session. Okay. Yeah. That works for me. Okay. Yeah, so why don't we take a minute and everybody come up with your goals and put them there in the middle of the table. Cool. Okay, full disclosure, I wrote mine down on my character sheet, so I'm just going to, like, rewrite it onto this slip of paper and throw yeah. it in the middle. That's fine. Sounds good. And so the idea behind having a short-term goal is something that you can accomplish uh, with some effort, but still without too much trouble, and this is one of the main ways that we get experience points. Yeah, you could feasibly accomplish a short-term goal in a single session. Make sure that your goals are stated in concrete terms. So, I want to get rich is not a suitable goal. I want to get a million credits is. So there has to be an actual point at which the goal has definitely been achieved. I don't know if this will defeat the uh, writing down exercise, but as an example, I could say that Anton's current long-term goal is to amass 10,000 credits, dollars, whatever. 10,000 in currency Bruce Mobile is Anton's okay. present long-term goal. I think my long-term goal is not going to come into play in this session, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm okay with announcing it. Uh, Grace is trying to find her system of origin, which has gotten erased during one of the many resets. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like Mackie doesn't have a long-term goal. That's okay. kind of how he's, I felt. Yeah, he's, he's lived his life. He's like He's entirely a succession of short-term goals. <laughs> mm -hmm. And often they're things like, yeah, you know, right here, man. get off these feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hildy's long-term goal is to make first contact. Hmm. A uh, non-Terran sentient species. Now, I would like to note that is make first contact, not survive first contact. Noted. So how far along are we in our, um, in our jump? Um, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, once you guys, if you guys are finished with your uh, business, we can resolve the spike jump. You had six days to spend. You spent it researching. Mm -hmm. Mackie spent it trying to figure out what landing gear <laughs> was called. Anton uh, occasionally looked out the window. <laughs> and um, as you uh, reach the end of the trip, and I'm assuming Anton and Mackie alternated correct every eight hours we'd uh you know okay you do the yeah. delicate dance switching mm -hmm. off yep be like it's all yours do you guys play any pranks on hopper <laughs> <laughs> i fill one hand with shaving cream <laughs> <laughs> we put one of his hands in a uh, lukewarm water but then yeah. and then peed on him <laughs> 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 nice um outside the ship Ahead of the cockpit. Let's see. You started the trip, so we're going to say Anton is piloting currently. The space outside begins to become of a form that you could describe with existing adjectives. Ah, so it's, um, it's black. It's spacey. Yeah, you couldn't describe it very well, apparently. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll look vacuum. 
And with that, we'll leave the crew for just a few more minutes. We hope you're enjoying everything you're hearing so far. We have one more episode for you with this launch set. You can follow us online through Instagram at AstronomicaPod, Twitter at Astronomica, and Facebook at Astronomica Podcast. And if you are really liking this, you can go ahead and subscribe right now, and you will catch us every Wednesday. Uh, we will see you in just a few minutes.